Over the last several years, since the widespread emergence of the racialized industrial complex, the, the race movement, the race-based movement, CRT, BLM, woke, social justice, we have enjoyed throwing the phrase around difficult conversations, conversations that some people seem to think we're having about race that are bringing up things that we're supposedly afraid to bring up. Never mind that these are lopsided conversations that really tend to put down a victim card when it comes to racial matters and continue to spout the same views about slavery and about systemic racism and so forth. It's, it's a dialogue that's basically on loop. And, you know, maybe we add a new uh, letter to LGBTQ, you know, maybe we add a new skin tone to black and brown community, but by and large, the, the narrative technique, the tropes, they're all pretty much out of the same playbook. But what I've noticed in this process is we're not really having difficult conversations. We're not really having a true dialogue. We're not having a real true back and forth between uh, people who view racial matters differently. And this has a funny way of exposing itself. And one of the places in which this exposed itself was recently, not in a place that I would have expected it to, but it did. And it occurred at a presentation for the comedian Adam Sandler, who received the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor in March of this year. Now, that award has been given out since 1998 to a standout comedian, one worthy of a great celebration, such as Adam Sandler. In the past, the award has gone to such luminaries as Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Tina Fey, as well as others. And one of the things they do at this event, or they did at this presentation for Adam Sandler, was they had various comedians, various pop culture luminaries get up and sing the praises of Adam Sandler. And one of the people who did that was Chris Rock. Now, a quick word about Chris Rock. When the slap happened, I spent six months before I even would look at it simply because there was too much media hype around it and I didn't want to get pulled into it and I didn't want to make a judgment on the situation that was tremendously influenced by the masses. I wanted to be able to step back, have a sober view of the whole thing, and make my judgments on my own. One thing that's occurred to me very quickly, just as a side note about Will Smith, uh, this is a guy who is just really still untreated. He is uh, not contrite about the matter. And in addition to that, he has, if one looks at him very carefully in interviews since then, such as with, with Dave Chappelle, there's some stuff online. There's also a really unfortunate one with, with Trevor Noah, in which the, neither one really takes the issue head on. You can see that not only is Will Smith untreated regarding this matter, he's also in possession of immense levels of anxiety and insecurity. And, you know, you can see him trying to laugh his way through these things, and it just doesn't work. As for Chris Rock, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say. I think he has managed to largely maintain his dignity on this matter, but I'm also left with this feeling, and I've had this for a while now, that 
dare I say it, Chris Rock isn't that funny anymore. But I digress. Chris Rock, at this presentation, which took place at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., got up and, and did a bit on his relationship with Adam Sandler, which goes way back. And they are very apparently really good friends and have been for a long time. Chris Rock really admires and appreciates Adam Sandler, as I imagine many other people do. He seems to be a guy who has created a lot of lasting friendships within uh, his milieu. But nonetheless, Chris Rock got up and described his experience at a school in Brooklyn where he was only one of three black kids. And he said that in his 16 years in school, only, you know, one kid invited, one white, one of those white kids invited Chris Rock to his home. And that one kid was a guy named David Moskowitz. At which point Chris Rock said, the Jews, nice people. And at that point, many members of the audience applauded this joke. And later in the bit, Chris Rock came back to the theme of the Jews and referencing Adam Sandler said, quote, I love the guy because he, you know, Jews, gotta love it. And this drew more laughter. And I listened to this and I thought, wow, you know, in this racialized time where people really want to be able to supposedly, purportedly talk openly about race, this is this is what we're doing. This is this is what a, a black icon in the entertainment industry is doing to talk about Jews. Something about this didn't sit right with me, and it's this. Unlike Chris Rock, or maybe like Chris Rock, I'm not sure. I spent my late elementary school years, my middle school years, and my high school years attending schools that were predominantly Jewish. And when I say predominantly Jewish, I mean 90 plus percent Jewish. And there were a few non-Jews, such as my twin brother and I, as well as uh, some black kids. And over the course of these many years, I was able to get a real insight into how my Jewish community viewed black people. And I have to say that in a very consistent way, blacks were not viewed favorably by the middle and upper middle class Jewish neighborhood in which I lived. They were hired for purposes like cleaning help, they were assistants, and they were spoken badly about, they were treated very badly, the N-word was issued toward them a lot, sometimes in open, very often behind their backs, such as in the cafeteria when we would sit together, and sometimes we'd, be, we'd even be sitting with black kids. And when the black kids couldn't hear it, some of the Jewish kids would use the N-word and they would use the word or the term, I'm not sure if I can even say it on air, but Schwarze, which was very uh, a derogatory name toward black people. It's a Yiddish term. And so I grew up with this ongoing condescension, disrespect, disparagement, and at times disdain that came from my Jewish peers that clearly they had learned in their home and that, that they then passed on to uh, the black kids in our school. 
So the notion that Chris Rock would want to get up in front of an audience and just play this race card in such a safe way really stood out to me and it seemed really disingenuous. And I would imagine that most people in that room at the Kennedy Center had a real understanding of this. They had it, you could feel it in the kind of awkwardness that these, these, these jokes elicited. And I'm just wondering if we're really going to have conversations about race, when do we start including the racial relationships between blacks and Jews? And not just in the Kanye West and Kyrie Irving way, but in a real way, in a way that uh, really begins to look at the ways in which this dynamic has played out over a great many number of years. And we really need to be able to do this even when an icon who right now seems beyond reproach, such as Chris Rock, gets up there and makes statements about, quote, the Jews and, and does it in this lighthearted, funny, kind of frivolous way. We need to be able to park our conversation somewhere else and in a different manner. And that's what it would mean to me to be having so-called difficult or uncomfortable conversations. I'm Dimitri Gatsiunas. Mm-hmm.